Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, July 18th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, school lunch options could be changing for millions of children around the country. And over the past few days, St. Louis was the hub for school lunch innovation. This item right here, we're showing Pollock nuggets uh, like a Parmesan style. Instead of chicken Parmesan, you throw your nuggets in the roll, hit it with sauce, hit it with cheese, a little bit of Italian seasoning on the top. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis tells us about spicing up offerings in school cafeterias while meeting federal nutrition standards. First, the news. Supporters of legislation awaiting St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen's signature say it could transform criminal justice in the city. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on the Criminal Justice Coordinating Council, which was approved last week by the Board of Aldermen. The measure sets the membership of the council and gives it an executive director and a full-time staff, which the city will pay for. It's meant to get the entire criminal justice system on the same page when it comes to making reforms and to make it easier for everyone to share information. Some of its members have been meeting for years on an informal basis, says Judge Michael Mullen, the presiding judge in the city, but all of them have other full-time jobs. None of us have the time or the resources to devote to making sure that the CJCC uh, is organized correctly and is run correctly. A fellow in the mayor's office will serve as executive director of the council until at least October. Krusen says they are hoping to find additional funding to keep that position going until city money kicks in. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. St. Charles County officials have once again rejected a housing development involving plans for hundreds of homes on a bluff near the Katy Trail. The Planning and Zoning Commission rejected the Missouri Bluffs development proposal last night, citing concerns over increased traffic, lack of parking, and the steepness of roads. Local environmental groups opposed this proposal, which was first introduced in late 2017. Missouri Sierra Club director John Hickey says he's concerned about possible erosion if the bluff is developed. You've got a steep piece of property in an environment that's seeing increasing rain events, increasing flooding. The exact opposite of what you want to do is to cut down all the trees on the steep banks. The land is owned by the University of Missouri, which purchased it from the federal government for $1 in the 1940s. St. Louis is the site of a convention this week designed to prepare more women to run for office. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on why the National Women's Political Caucus is focusing its energy on Missouri. The National Women's Political Caucus is hosting its biennial convention in downtown St. Louis. A big part of the four-day event is training potential candidates about how to effectively run for office. Donna Lent is the president of the NWPC, She says there's an especially big urgency for women to run and win in places like Missouri, which just passed a ban on abortion after eight weeks of pregnancy. We need to build a bench, and right now, that is not there in Missouri. And that's why it slid down to 34th, ranked across the country, numbers of women in elected office there. The NWPC conference will also feature appearances from prominent Missouri politicians, including former U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill and State Auditor Nicole Galloway. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio.
Nutritionists who make school cafeteria menu decisions are preparing for the upcoming academic year by considering some tasty new food options. They are also making sure the meals meet federal guidelines. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, about 6,000 gathered this week in St. Louis for a taste of what might be coming to cafeterias throughout the country. Imagine an arena filled with food, utensils, and equipment that's being used in school cafeterias across the country. And now this is the safe part of the blades. Now, imagine those familiar chicken nuggets and rectangular pizza are traded for fried rice, a flavor station, and a ramen bar. In St. Louis this week, those trends were served up for taste tests. So, I stopped by to sample a few of these dishes and see what's cooking. Up first, ramen bowls. So it's definitely more advanced than I feel like some of the ramen that you might have at home. This ramen has, it seems like peppers, some mushrooms. There's, I believe this is chicken right now that I'm yeah. eating. Chicken? It looks like chicken in that one. There's also fish served up by seafood supplier Highliner Foods. This item right here, we're showing Pollock nuggets uh, like a Parmesan style. Instead of chicken Parmesan, you throw your nuggets on the roll, hit it with sauce, hit it with cheese, a little bit of Italian seasoning on the top. Oh, baby. About 6,000 professionals from the School Nutrition Association attended the convention, and many of them came with the same goal, to spice up school lunches with healthy options kids will actually eat. A lot of students today like a lot of various flavors. That's Reginald Ross, the president-elect of the School Nutrition Association. So you'll start to see spice stations at a lot of the cafeterias, uh, so that they have the option, even if it's uh, a chicken nugget, if it's a chicken sandwich, that they can add some spice or flavor that they like to their particular item. While Ross says spice and flavor are important, schools still have to make sure cafeteria offerings meet federal regulations. The rules include making sure grain products are at least 51% whole grain and that foods have no added trans fat and less than 1,500 milligrams of sodium per meal. Ross says serving foods that meet the nutritional guidelines also has other benefits. USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue said in 2018 that some of these rules are being rolled back. His reasoning? To reduce the amount of food waste left behind. Ross says he believes the on-trend menu offerings can help reduce that waste. As long as we give students the options on what they get to select, I think in that case, it reduces the amount of food waste. The conference comes at a time when the number of students eating school lunches is down. The USDA says the participation in school lunch programs reached a 13-year low in 2018, with about 30 million students participating. That's down by about 2 million compared to 2011. Experts say shorter lunch periods are contributing to the decline. But at the core of the school nutrition convention is the goal of getting kids excited about school lunches. As you can see, there is a space here for heated food. You have a, a hot well container, but also a heat lamp on top in an area that where you can put non-temp control. It's something that Katie Gegg, the director of school food and nutrition services at Melville School District, is also focusing on. She says the students in her district are really interested in self-service food bars. They eat with their eyes, whether it's the food itself or the or what they're putting it in, or they're serving the, the line that they have it displayed in. So I think it's all-encompassing. If it's a nice, inviting space, your food looks good, it's served in something good-looking, I want to eat there. And for students who like traditional chicken patty or pizza lunches, well, they're not going anywhere, although some of those items have been updated. This is Domino's Smart Slice Pizza, which is made specifically for school districts so they meet the federal standards for nutrition. And the taste? Kind of actually incredible. Oh, wow. 
and it's pretty satisfying. All right, y'all, I'm full. Thanks to our Chad Davis for that report, which was edited by Holly Edgel. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm taking a few days off. Sarah Fenton will be behind this microphone tomorrow. And the legend that is Maria Altman will be handling podcast duties on Monday. I'm Wayne Pratt. And from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.